Hey, this is Olivia Calloway from Nashville, Tennessee, and you're listening to the So Look Podcast. I just want everybody to know that I feel like I'm probably the most blessed person on earth because I am Matt's wife. Um, (laughs) And I just also wanted to let you know, Matthew, that I'm so proud of you. Everything that has happened in the past year has just been absolutely insane. Like, I don't even know how any of it has worked out, but it has. And I'm so proud of you and I'm so grateful for you. And um, I just want everybody to know that also this is probably just the most amazing conversation. I was so blessed to be in the room while it was happening and I'm so excited for everybody to hear it. Hey, welcome to the Soul Look Podcast. This is your host, Jay Hayes, and you're listening to the Soul Look Podcast, a podcast where we celebrate creativity, spirituality, and culture. Well, I want to get right into it and introduce my next guest for this episode, Matt Calloway. What can I say about Matt? Um, I could honestly say a lot of things about Matt. Um, we actually um, met in church. We worked at a church together, um, the same church that I went to school in, and then I eventually, you know, started working at. And he also worked at that same church, and he was one. He was a a worship leader and a um, and an MD. Played keys, played bass, all that jazz. Matt knows it all. And um, we traveled in different circles, and then eventually we started talking to one another in passing, and then you know started working together. And I can honestly say that um, Matt is just a genuine human being, um, and I don't even want to downplay it that way. He's just an amazing person. Um, I love talking to him. I love um, sharing ideas with him. We've gone back and forth, especially on Instagram. We've talked. And I can honestly say, like, he's a special, special person. And I'm not trying to say that just because he's a guest. He's honestly a special human being, and I believe that, and I'm always in his corner for sure. So Matt Calloway, he is a singer, songwriter, producer, and musician from Panama City, Florida, who currently resides, him and his wife, in Nashville, Tennessee. He's been a part of several different tracks over the course of 2020. He's been working, y'all, under a couple of different aliases, including um, When I'm With You by his group Alto House that he's a part of, and Rain in California by Miscellaneous. You can find him on Instagram at uh, underscore Matt Calloway or Facebook, just Matt Calloway. But um, enough of the theatrics, enough of the intro. Um, I just want to get right into the conversation. Me and Matt talk about the one thing that we are extremely passionate about more than anything in this life, and especially the one thing that has, for me personally, has sustained me through the course of this pandemic, through the course of this crazy year for me, um, and that's the music. And that's all you're going to hear for the most part in this this conversation. Um, If you're a music lover, this one's for you. Um, We just go on and talk about music for a few minutes. So without further ado, Matt Calloway, Solo Podcast. Let's go. Welcome. What Welcome. up? What up? I'm happy to have you here. This is going to be fun. I'm happy be to be here, man. Good, good. How's Tennessee? Well, Tennessee is great. Um, yep. I was honestly very, very reluctant to move here at first because, I mean, I just started going to 
people and it's such a great church, so many great people. Yeah. And I was like, hey, things are looking up for me. I'm good. Yeah. COVID set everything down. And my wife was like, we got to move, we got to move, we got to move. Yeah. And it was one of those things where like God was talking to me through my wife and I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. So I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> prayed, and prayed, and prayed. And God was like, this, for where I'm taking you, this is where you got to be. Mm-hmm. And so I moved with nothing. I mean, got her family lives up here, but I don't really know anybody. Uh, not too many people anyway. And mm-hmm. just out of nowhere, God starts opening doors. People that I kind of knew on a more acquaintance type level, didn't know him super well, just start being mad friendly. Like, hey, man, I got this gig over here. You want to go play? Or, yeah. And in Corona season. So it's like pickings are slim. So the fact that people are down to help me out at this yeah. time when we could very easily just take this stuff for themselves, like means the world. So yeah, it's a, it's a great place, man. That's awesome. What's the... um. What's the what's the place you've been eating at the most? Okay, so there's I, I have to give two categories for that one. So okay. there's like the fast food thing. Okay, it's a place called Slim Chicken. All right, Slim Chicken. There, okay, yeah, like there are other branches or uh, franchises beyond just here, but this is the only one that I've seen. One of the two in Tennessee, actually. Yeah, and it puts Zaxby's and dare I say Chick Fil A. No. It's not a game. Like I legit don't eat Chick-fil-A. And I love Chick-fil-A. I work yeah. there. And I got nothing but love for Chick-fil-A. But yeah. Shout out the to Lord's Chick-fil-A. Chicken gonna have to take a take a back seat on this one. Oh man. For sure. And you know, like the more fancy side of things. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a taco spot in like downtown area called Nada. Mm-hmm. I've never had lamb before. I had a lamb taco thing. Yeah. It was freaking amazing, bro. So, and I'm not like the biggest foodie in the world. Like, I like food, but it's you not sound like you for sure. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, I like eating. But yeah, my wife would be the first one to tell you I really don't eat that much just because I, mm-hmm. I work and forget to do so. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So let let me let me get into these questions. Well, that was the first one, but um, first off, how are you? outside of the move and all of that like how's your how's your how's your mental how's your how's your emotional how's your creative life going how's everything it's been great man i feel like this has been the most reflective i've ever been in my life like mm. looking back and being really appreciative of you know where i've been where god has brought me from whether that be from like career stuff or like just character development like me as a human being like how guys yeah, changed yeah, yeah. me since yeah. you know like past five years even mm-hmm. and then kind of more i feel more driven as far as what i want to do mm-hmm. in the future and have a clear vision of what that is and i'm more willing to step out and and take those risks and do yeah. that work to get out there right now yeah yeah you gonna dye your hair again <laughs> um it's me and hair have a weird relationship. I, feel I, you. I, I like feel wearing you. hats. You rocking the beard though. You, you look you look good. You look great. You know I'm, seeing, you I'm know telling you, I'm telling you, you look great, man. You look I'm great. Trying to the game, bro. Good. Game. Good. But yeah, no, like I, I, I like having my hair growing out for like 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I decide I want to wear a hat and it just dents the dew. Oh yeah. And it is for that reason that I generally don't grow my hair out. But I definitely want to dye my hair again. And if I do, or not even if, when I do. Yeah. Um, purple, maybe. 
Oh, come like on. La- lavender, let me say that. Okay, I feel that. Yeah. I love it. So, something weird. <laughs> I love it. No, please do. Please do. So you just did, um, you just worked on a song called Jericho. How was that? How was it? With the homie. Okay, so uh, Jonathan Etienne is by far one of the most prolific musicians mm. on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know. Shout and out to E. Yeah, huge shout out. And um, he shot me a text at like the beginning of the year said, hey, I want to work with you on something. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of people say that to me, not a ton, but mm-hmm. you know, a few. And most of the time people say that it's just a little empty gesture. Like, I'd love to work with you someday, mm-hmm. but I will not follow through on this. And then I heard nothing from him for a while. I was like, see, see, I knew it. <laughs> And then don't we all do that though? <laughs> guilty, guilty. But it, as a lot of things like that go, it sucks to be on the receiving end of it. So I'm yeah. thinking, okay, this guy is just goes to me. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he shot me another text. This time it was like with reference vocals and the instrumental. It's like, hey, bro, mm-hmm. cut your vocals, send it in. I was like, okay, it's it's getting real. Yeah. And at the time, wife was still staying with her parents. So I had like this office space pimped out to be kind of a studio. And I sat down there and had a freaking blast singing my heart out. And it was fun. And then I sent him in. And he, you know, he had the most positive reaction ever. But then it was a while before I heard back. Like, okay, when is it coming out? Any of that stuff. I was like, I I didn't make the cut. I'm Mm -hmm. positive I didn't make it. And it's okay. I'm not like the vocal guy Mm -hmm. in anyone's friend group. So it's, it's okay. It's fine. And then he starts posting stuff on social media, like mixing Jericho. And then it's out. And I'm like, wow. Oh, wow. Rick. and I'm like, I, I'm not very big on this stuff that I've done. It's just, especially that I put out. Yeah. And this is one of the ones I played it like on my phone and just sat there geeking out. And <laughs> not even because like, oh, I just sound so good. But it's like, I, I did that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a feature as a vocalist on somebody's song. Yeah. And for the longest time, I was convinced, like, that's not me. It's not something I'll be able to do. Mm-hmm. Not something someone would want me to do. Yeah. And people, like, so many friends have reached out and just been like, yo, it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And that that means the world to me. So even if, even if everybody said they hated it, I did it. But then you, people you loved still it. Did it. Yeah. And it makes it that much better. It. So, yeah. Like, when did you start? Um, let's backtrack. When did you start playing? When did you when did you start getting into music? Uh, that's uh, the the short answer. Is playing piano when I was ten, and then we just kept moving from there. But like the more uh, detailed answer is, I was always kind of drawn to it, mm-hmm. and it just took a while for my mom specifically to notice that like I had an interest there. Because like when I was a kid, she would talk about how like my aunt had a piano, my grandma had a piano in her house, mm-hmm. and Anytime, like when I was like two, there's pictures of it. Like I would walk up and I didn't just like, you know, most kids sit there and bang on the piano just because mm-hmm. this is loud. This is fun. But I would like kind of gingerly, gently, like intently trying to play this instrument, but obviously didn't know what I was doing. And I did this a lot when, you know, got older, church, they had a youth choir. I wasn't old enough to sing in the youth choir, but I convinced my mom to convince the people to let me sing in the youth choir. And if they had like a potluck thing after church, like I grew up in a Baptist church, so that was like Come every on. other week. Come on. And so they would do the potluck thing, and I would like leave the potluck and go 
up from the fellowship hall, which is kind of like the basement. You can, all them all the churches were built like that. They oh, had yeah, all the of them. basement all fellowship hall. Wasn't a hey, what, what color was the carpet though? Shoot, bro, that mug was probably green. <laughs> I'm about positive that that's green. <laughs> that's why I asked. You, I was like, this either two is green or red. This ugly leprechaun green. Yep. yep. But yeah, like I would leave the pod and like try to turn on the keyboard and play it or like mess around with the drums. And mom would come, you know, snatch me up, take me back downstairs, mm. eat greens, eat all that stuff. And so this kind of persisted for years and years and years until I was nine. My mom bought me a keyboard and I would only play using like my middle index and thumb on each hand and would just try to like make sounds mm. and create these colors and i didn't know what the heck i was doing but mm-hmm. it it was a fun experimentation for me and i i was like writing these little instrumental songs i didn't know what i was playing but i, I just yeah had these things like it, it's like it's like painting for me like i discover a new color okay mm-hmm. well i want to put that one with this one put mm-hmm. that one with this one and then she started me in lessons and um that was kind of where it snowballed from there mm-hmm Wow. You you know what? That reminds me of, and I was thinking about this too earlier today. I was talking about a song I was listening to. Um, what's it? It's um, All For You by Janet Jackson. Um, man, yo, that song, that song smacks me in the face every yeah. time I hear it. And I was thinking about like how, you know, the, I'm really, really into like, just that just the way the electric guitar sounds in some of these old like well the song the song was sampled by um glow of love by change luther vandross was in that was in that group and you know yeah and they got like this you got these crazy guitar lines i like chic has the same thing in their in their songs too you know it's yeah it's like that it's like you know that that that, it's percussive oh my god it's so crazy and like you know, the 1975, that's why I've been heavy on them. I was telling you about that last time we talked a couple months ago. Like, 1975 has been heavy on, you know, that, that you know, on that electric guitar, bro. But, yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, you know, just to hear, like, you know, your um, your take on it. I forgot what I was going to say. There it is. Um, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about them. I was thinking about them guitar lines because, like, that's what I've been I've been really getting into lately. And just that, you know, that kind of that funk. Um, and also that that pop wave sound, and I was thinking about you remember the, that movie Ratatouille, and you saw it. I remember you posted something about it in Ratatouille, it was super random. But I was thinking about that scene when he combines the you know the the different pieces of food, like it was like a mushroom <laughs> or something like that, and he eats them yeah, together. Yeah. And, you know, you see the swirls that go on in his head. I I feel like that's how it how it feels when you know either you're playing chords or you hear different sounds in a song or different parts of the song and you hear, and it's like, and it feels like that. It feels like this, 100%. this, this crescendo of like color and feeling all at the same time. I really want to get into, um, or ask you the question. Cause I was really moved by it when you act, when you told me about this, um, this experience that you had. Um, I think you said it was a Stevie wonder song that you heard. For the first time, you said you were in a you were at a restaurant, and you. Oh, just, oh no, no, no! I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you yeah, so, like um, deeply moved. Tell me that story. Okay, so um, I grew up very sheltered, so there are a lot of like classic OG mm-hmm. R and B pop groups and stuff that I just didn't know about. One of those was the Gap Band, 
Uh-huh. And so when I moved to, me and my family moved to Atlanta, we were in a two-bedroom apartment. Didn't have much, like our furniture wasn't in there. There was nothing in there. So mm-hmm. all I had was my guitar, my keyboard, and at the time I had an MP3 player for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And on that, I downloaded, uh, shoot, uh, Gap Band Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. And I'm just listening through, listening through, listening through. And my, I like to have like my little sacred space or whatever where I can just kind of get away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And at this apartment, it's on two bedrooms. So the only thing I had was a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so I would just stand in the bathroom and I, it got to yearning for your love, right? Ooh, yeah. It, the thing starts with this guitar riff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. And then the whole thing drops. Yeah, yeah. I just started like crying. Like, mm-hmm. mind you, this is the intro. No one's singing anything. We haven't gotten to mm-hmm. like none of that. It was wow. just the groove started. And I'm in tears. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying, but doggone it. Wow. This is the most well put together, thought out group. And it's so simple. Like, nobody's really doing too much. Bass is just moving between like three notes for the most part. And guitar's got that same little riff that it has at the very beginning. Drums, just super pocket. Like, just nothing crazy, but everything is in the right place at the right time, doing all the right things. And it, it hit me heavy for whatever reason. And that's probably one of, oddly enough, one of the most emotional moments I've ever had with music, like ever. You know, I remember, um, I remember when I was on, like the first song I ever fell in love with. And I'm so glad we're talking about this. The first song I ever fell in love with was, um, Human Nature by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Ah. I went back and listened to that song. I've been listening to it heavy the last couple of months. And like, and but I'm, you know, I, I told you I've been learning how to play keys. So I've been going and checking out the different chord progressions for songs. So I've been learning how to play that chord progression. Super simple, but yeah. it's, 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 that, it's that guitar, man. It's that guitar in that song. And like, and when it comes in in the chorus, it does that. Dun, 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 I was like, "Oh, my it's a, god, it's amazing!" Bro. Really, I remember when we were we were little, and um, we used to take. You know, we we grew up in Jersey. Where are you from again? Uh, Panama City, Florida. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, we grew up in Jersey, um, and we used to take. You know drives on this bridge and we get on this highway and we had we had to get on the bridge it was called the uh i think it was it wasn't the may have been the veranzo bridge or something like that i forget what bridge it was but we get on this bridge and like you know you and like there was a view you know there's water underneath it we had our church was right there on the left and then there was a movie theater an old movie theater called amboy shout out to amboy movie theater shut down now (laughs) Um, it was a, it was dope because it was like it was like on this it almost it was almost like a hill, you know, it'd yeah. be on like this hill and then you know it'd just be over this highway. But um, yeah, like and we I, some of the greatest songs I ever heard was on that bridge at night, and it's cold. You know, we're sitting in the back seat, the heat's going. You know, you got your you know we got our big old coats on, and there was this radio station that I'll probably keep shouting out throughout the duration of this podcast because 
there's one of the inspirations because I'm bringing, you know, um, where, where I grew up and where I come from to this podcast. But um, we, they played, man, they played Sade. They played Luther. They played, oh, man. Uh, they played uh, uh, Anita Baker. Um, they played, uh, but, uh, what else they put? Freddie Jackson. They played, wow. um, yeah, they played uh, uh, Gap Band, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And they, but they, uh, they also played a lot of jazz. So they played a lot of Chris Bowie, um, Kenny G, Spira Gyra, um, all these different names. Wow. And, you know, and they would have Michael and they have Janet on there but, and Prince. But I remember the, that verbatim when I heard Human Nature for the first time ever. And it just did like that same experience. I didn't cry yet. But yeah. inside, <laughs> inside, it, did, it, you know, it, I, I fell in love with music that night, you know, and I fell in love with that song, you know, yeah. and, and the way that, you know, it was so, it's so beautifully layered together of like his voice, it, his voice just skates across that song. And then the guitar just is like, it's like it's singing with him, you know, but for sure. Yeah. Like, shoot. So let me see what we got. Um, let me see. Okay, let's get into the let's get into the, the fun stuff. Top five greatest musicians. Your personal. Wait, are we talking about like just players or like uh, artists? Let's do artists. Let's do artists. Okay, because I was about to say like that. That's, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> um, and even even this one's still tricky. Yeah. Um, top five. Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Michael Jackson, uh, Prince, and number five. Sheesh, who is it going to be? Um, I'm going to say it. I may be crucified for it later. Maroon 5. Really? Bro, Maroon 5 was like one of the groups that my brother started. When I was like taking guitar lessons, uh, piano lessons, my brother was doing the same but he kind of moved away from that and got into guitar yeah. and at the time and they still are but like at the time they were like popping and so my mm-hmm. brother would just look up uh what was the name of that song what album was it that was it, was it won't be soon before long like the crazy uh their second album had the weirdest title in the world was that um and, was that what makes me wonder on there and that was the song <laughs> heavy guitar song. too my brother would put that mess on like a little uh what is it in the fan room we had the yeah the desktop computer with big speakers and all that jazz we would play that and we would just sit there high and high. we were both in like middle school we didn't know what the heck yeah any of this stuff was musically but it just did something to us and especially that bridge yo that bridge is crazy man. like and he goes and, back into it. Dun, 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 I still, yo, that still came out. That that song is so special to me, and yeah. then it just continued. Like mm-hmm. and then I backtracked, like this love. I had never heard that song before at the time. Yeah, um, stuff even after that. What was the one? Uh, you heard I am right? in misery. That oh, bass Yeah, yeah. Everything, bro. Yeah. You heard and, Sunday morning. <sighs> Yeah. That might um, be one of their best songs ever. Like, 100%. It's one of their slept on songs. I could honestly, I could, I could agree to that because I feel like the ones on that album, I mean, it's 
Sunday morning is definitely a popular song, but the ones that are most, in my opinion, most well known are like This Love and She Will Be Loved. Yeah. And, like, and maybe even harder to breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe even harder to breathe. Like Sunday morning, like people don't really talk about that one as much. But it's a smash, it's a smash. And it literally, it's it's always cool to me when people make songs that are, you know, very specific. Yeah. And they're kind of painting this picture of a certain setting. Mm-hmm. And then that song actually fits in that setting. Like they're they're brilliant storytellers. They, they are brilliant storytellers. And like they create like the aesthetic of the song or, or of, the, yeah. of the of the visual image, like you just said, you know? So that's that's crazy. I mean, you know what? Just to jump in there with you so you don't feel bad for calling out for you know <laughs> room five. Honestly, like one of my f- slept on um bands is Coldplay. I Bro. love Coldplay. Like, I don't know a lot of their music, but everything that I've heard, like my sister got me listening to the uh XY album. Dude. That that one right there. So you know about Adventure of a Lifetime. Oh gosh. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Oh wait, I'm sorry, that's the wrong album. Wrong album. That's the XY, the XY album. That's the one with um Princess of China with um or something like that. What's what's that song with Rihanna they got on there? Um I don't know if Rihanna was on that. It's, it's the one it starts with the Oregon intro. It's escaping me and it's going to upset me so greatly if I cannot remember the, how that song is. Uh, when you try your best and don't succeed. I think that's the one. Yes. Oh, and that Hurts Like Heaven is on there, right? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I, I'm not like a now you super good. Yeah. deep Coldplay fan, but like, like I said, everything that I've heard from them, I really dig. So, like I'm, so do me a favor. And go and listen to Adventure of the Lifetime when you get it. Adventure of a Lifetime. Is that like the album or a it's so it's off there, it's off there a head full of dreams album. And the song on there, the hit song on there is Adventure of a Lifetime. Bro. Yeah. If you want to hear that, you know, that ratatouille, <laughs> that ratatouille experience, bro, <laughs> you want to talk about intros, that's one of the that's one of the greatest intros I have ever heard in the song. And I'm okay, not joking. Yeah. Like you, you got me. It's it's crazy. The song I sent you um a couple last week um by Bad Bad No Good in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Bro, I I haven't had a chance to listen to it, bro. But literally everything you sent me, I'm like, yeah, I gotta make it a point to listen to it because you, my friend, have superb taste in music. Well, you know and, what? And, and you be listening to stuff that I don't listen to. So I'm like, well, you when you pre- when you showed me um oh my god, what was that band called? Um Tuxedo. Oh yeah. Woo. Yes, sir. Tuxedo. I heard that and I was like, I forgot what song it was. I had played that. It was so good. I had to go. I go. I got home and I pl- I played it on the um on the soundbar in the house in the living room and it's just like, bring oh. it funk back, man. Look, let me see. Top five musicians. All right. Top five albums. Ah, okay. Number one. Okay. Thriller. Mm. Thriller is the best album of all. I mean, not just the highest selling, y'all know that, but the best album of all time because it manages to do something that a lot of, you know, popular records don't do. Mm. It changes genres over and over and over again. Like, Mm. you got Want to Be Starting Something, which is 
super funky at first, but it's got this kind of world music aspect to it. Yeah. And then after that one, Baby Be Mine, straight up R&B. And then The Girl Is Mine with Paul McCartney, like this sort of rock artist crossover thing. And you get in the thriller, which is like uber specific, dark Halloween stuff that could only exist on this one holiday, but it was a phenomenon. And then you know, know it dropped in January, right? January? That album dropped in January. It didn't even drop in October. And and another bold move (laughs) from the man himself. Man. Yeah. Like the diversity of that album Mm -hmm. and the fact that every song, I mean, whether it was a hit commercially doesn't even matter to me. It's like those songs are phenomenal. There's not one record on there that I'm like, okay, I can I can bypass this one. Every song you gotta listen to it all the way through. And so yeah, a lot to say about that one, but it's my favorite. That one, um, continuum by John Mayer. Yeah, um, yeah. That one is that's that's the thriller of his whole discography, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Not mm-hmm. because it's like super diverse, but it just doesn't quit like mm. you don't get to a song you're like eh, eh. yeah and stop this train in my opinion is one of the best songs and not only he's written but in general um what's the next one i could say um gospel record uh purpose by design fred hammond that one they don't like, know about that they, if they don't know, they need to know. Purpose by Design, Fred Hammond, is, to me, it's special because he, the title is Purpose by Design, and every song in some way sort of traces its way back to that original idea and helps support it and yeah. explain it in some different way with every song. And, uh, man, I, when I was learning how to play bass, that was one of those albums that I told I took every lick I possibly could from that record. So yeah, three purpose can by I, design. Can I tell you I hate that album? <laughs> you hate that album? Be and here's why. I don't what? hate I don't hate it because of the craftsmanship and obviously the greatness of that album. I hate it because we I heard it in the car. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. My parents played that album. That's the biggest, that's the like we were Fred Hammond fanatics in our house too and like they played that album all the time especially my dad he played that album so he would play it in the car he i we some like there was there was a time where he was taking us to work with him and we would go to work with him and and, you know and we'd be sitting in his office playing around and stuff and he'd be in his office playing that freaking album in his (laughs) office Like, and you know, like, what's that one song? Uh, Jesus Be Offense and Oh, you Are the Living Word. And um, oh my God, you know, we say, we say, um, back up your shoes and come on. That, that, that first, <laughs> I don't know what the heck he's talking about. But Grab your person, come on. Yo, that's the dog on fine duty. Yes, sir. Put your shoes on right now. Where we going? Oh my God. I like, have you heard his deliverance album? Again, slept on. Like, people didn't really start messing with Fred, in my opinion, until the Inner Court record. Inner Court, Spirit of David, was when people, like, kind of jumped on the bandwagon. That's another one. Deliverance and Mm -hmm. I Am Persuaded from, like, 91, 93. What was it? Pages of of Life, one and two? (sighs) Bro, like that. 
that was when I was trying to learn how to play bass. That was like probably, if not the first one of the first records that I put in my little CD player and was just trying my absolute hardest to play those songs. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's definitely not a good starting point for beginner bass, but <laughs> it was <laughs> it was all I had, and so I I tried my best. I love it. I love it. Um. Okay. Yeah. So yes. four. That's four. Okay. Or three or four. Uh, well, that that was three. Um, okay. I'm trying to think, what would be number four. Ah, oh, gosh, this is it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I'm gonna say, um, what is the name of that record? Ah, uh, it's it's getting away. I am Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's one that has After the Love Is Gone and Ooh, uh, In yeah. the Stone. What In else? the Stone is crazy. Those chords at the very beginning like uh-huh. the tension and resolution with those horns is and, and another amazing another guitar heavy song when you go into the groove <laughs> yeah that part and then bring and then they, they they stop it and go into the into the horns is a that that Dude, that that song makes me feel like I, I should be on vacation yeah. while listening to it. <laughs> I feel like I'm I gotta be on drumline when I listen to that. <laughs> bro, for real, like it's so percussion heavy. In my opinion, like if if anyone else could have done that song, I feel like Michael Jackson should have done it. Ooh. Yeah. Just because like it the the rhythmic percussive thing that's going on, like on every instrument pretty much on that song just mm-hmm. is so him. And do, do me a favor when you when you get some time, um, or when you answer your phone, <laughs> <laughs> will you will you do me so do me a favor and let Barry White has a band called my I forgot what it's called the Love Something Love Unlimited Orchestra I think that's what it's called, bro. Love I had like like out of respect obviously because we listen to a lot of heavy like Teddy Pendergrass. You know, um, Anita Baker, uh, you know, Barry White, Luther and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, so I remember when we were little, again, played the song in the car, you know, playing the albums in the car. We, we listened to a lot of adult music in the car, which is weird. Because <laughs> you, know, you hear Barry White moaning in, you know, in the car, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's the best for the kids. In those yo, years. yo. Oh, and also Marvin Gaye. Shout out to Marvin freaking Gaye. Um, but there he has a band called the love unlimited orchestra <sighs> like i respect him as a singer as a baritone crazy i think he was a baritone or he's a tenor. i forget what was i think no, he, he gotta be a baritone ain't no way in the world that man i think i think yeah definitely baritone and then um you know just songwriting wise he just made amazing music but yeah. like there were there was there was my mom had the um what's it the uh yeah, the greatest hits album too mm-hmm. you know? like and they would have you know all his great songs and there was one song on there that was just nothing but orchestra violins and it was just this combination of like classical and classical violins that just yeah moaning they're so beautiful and then you have the funk and it's got that you know what's that chord they call it uh I'm not. I'm not up there with your musical caliber yet. But was it the Waka Waka <laughs> court? It's that that pedal, the Waka Waka pedal. 
Or he, uh, he like the wah wah pedal, yeah. The wah wah pedal, yeah. And it goes wah wah wah, and and you and and it's doing that behind these these strings. Yeah, bro. Like that's what they, I I don't know if I've heard like the stuff that you're talking about, but like I've listened to some Barry White, and that gotta hear is the most bizarre combination of like orchestral music yes. on top of like funky R and B stuff like that. It doesn't. It wouldn't be a combination that'd be the first to come to your mind to try. Yeah. But then when you hear them together, the way he did it, yeah. it, it makes total sense. And it's so unique to him. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So you got four. Give okay, me. five. I had it in my mind. And now, oh, okay, 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 okay. 2014 Forest Hills Drive. All right. Like, reason being, mm-hmm. I, I've never heard an album that was so autobiographical and so honest Mm, mm -hmm. but it doesn't ever alienate you yeah like he's talking about his experiences but in some way on pretty much every song you relate to him Mm. and that that record was special to me i think that was so i got into hip-hop late mad late in my life and we have i'm I'm 23 but kind of late and i feel that when i started listening to it we started listening to J. Cole, the album that was most recent at the time was um, Born Center. And I ate that record up, like religiously watched the video of him doing, um, what is the song? It's got Miguel on it, Power Trip. I watched that beat making video over and over and over yeah. again. So then, but that was, it was already out when I started listening. So I was mm-hmm. late. Yeah. Then 2014 Forest Hills Drive came out, and that was the first one that I was like present and aware of for the release. And bruh, it mm. wrecked me. Like what freaking Fire Squad? Yeah. Um, what's the other one? I think yeah, I think Fire Squad was the one. And I can't get it in my head, but pull up with the light, like ugh. Nice watch. Run it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching yeah. two-bedroom apartment still. Watching this and just, like, headbanging, yeah. a full-on mosh pit sitting yeah. in the apartment by myself. Like, that, one of one of the best hip-hop albums, in yeah. my opinion. Did he win a Grammy for that one? I don't know if he won a Grammy, but I know he went platinum with no features, and that was, like... Yeah. And that was, he was nominated. I know he was nominated for a Grammy. I don't know if he won the Grammy. If he didn't, somebody yeah. should break into the house whoever did win it and then personally hand deliver that mug to J. Cole. Because, yeah, he, no, nah, that was, I, honestly, and like you, you said, like Born Center, amazing. Um, that was, that was, but you know what was so great? Oh man, I'm, so, I'm glad we're getting into that. Born Center came out, damn, that, it, there was a time where hip hop was so, was so good. I mean, it's good. It's still, it's still good. But with back then in 2013, like, because Born Center came out and it was like a sandwich between Born Center, Jesus, uh, Magna Carta, the Holy Grail, and Wale dropped. Bro, that was like 2013. 2013 was such a lit year, bro. Yeah. yeah. And I think Rick Ross dropped something around that year too. Um, you know what was another golden year? It was 2011. That around that, um, the latter part of 2011, when Take Care came out. Yeah, so wasn't that Take Care? Uh-huh. Wale, Wale's Ambition came out. Um, 
Jeez. Somebody else. I think the weekend was coming up. I forgot what where he, where he was at. Um, because trilogy dropped in 2012. Um, but 2011, I remember like it was a bunch of people's debut albums had first come out, and then Drake dropped Take Care, which was yeah. I was listening to Take Care forever. Like, oh my! God. I I was the noob. Okay, I, I made a stupid decision at that point in my life. Okay, I didn't listen to Take Care. And here's the reason why. Okay. There was this chick that I, we, she was a lot older than me. Mm-hmm. And she was somewhat emotionally unstable, to put it gently. And <laughs> she was crazy. So yeah, she, was crazy. she would post about this Take Care album all the time when mm-hmm. she was in like a bad mood or something. Like she was in her feelings. And kind of supposed to take care. lyrics. Yeah, like all this, all this weird stuff and screenshots and all that. that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is for the overly emotional, heartbroken mm-hmm. female. Mm-hmm. And I am not that. So uh-huh. I'm going to pass on that album. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like there are songs on there that I've no doubt heard, but like mm-hmm. I haven't listened to that album yet. I, got, I jumped on the bandwagon mm-hmm. on Nothing Was The Same. Okay. Like, and I think that was 2013 too. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That came out later because, yeah, because that came out in 2013 and then The weekend dropped Kissland, which is arguably his, his, one of his greatest albums. Some people, some people say, yeah, Beauty Behind the Madness. That's another conversation. <laughs> when it comes to The weekend, I'm a weekend junkie. I love The weekend. Can't, you know, heard him when in 2011, when he came out with, um, you know, all his mixtapes which were some of the greatest mixtapes ever created. And then, you know, he, and then when he came up and he did Trilogy and he did Kissland. So no, I'm, I, I, I feel you on that, but you got to go back and listen to Take Care. Oh, for sure. For like, sure. I mean, like literally like just take a, just take, um, just sit down and just do nothing and just <laughs> listen to it from top to bottom. It is Drake's greatest album. He has never made a better project than that. That is that, that yeah. album. That album, like, okay, nothing was the same was good. There's a few songs that I can take, taken, you know, just taken, you know, some of I can discard. If you're reading this is too late, I love that. I love Thank you. that project. That is an amazing project. That's my favorite from him because that's the one record where he's just eaten as an MC. Like, 100%. he sings a couple little lines here, and then for the most part, he is rapping all the way through. You and that was what I wanted to hear. Yeah, he went in. He went in a hundred percent. But no, you gotta go in and listen to Take Care. Just, just give you, do yourself a favor. That is an experience. Like you gotta listen to that album. So let me see. I'll give you, I give you a few more, and then I'll let you go. And um, let me see. Uh, we already did five out. Al- you did five albums. I'm over here going through my, going through my, my, um, my questions like a new. Um. <laughs> All right, so that's a good one. Um, if you could collab with any artist, anyone, actually, you know what? That's extremely hard because we were music junkies. So, I three artists, dead or alive, that you that you would want to collab with. Ah, I know, I know. Yeah. Okay, Prince. There you go. Thank you. Like, thank you. I don't. I don't know if he would, you know, take too kindly to me as a human being. <laughs> but in my mind, I imagine we would be best friends. Yeah. 
just because like I watch interviews, hear people talk about him and yeah. work ethic and that self-contained thing. Love that. Mm-hmm. Prince. Um, yeah, you count him as an artist. Um, Pharrell Williams. That was who I was oh, going to say. Lord. Yeah, thank you. Thank that guy is, it's another one of those weird things where like, I don't know him. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, he's like my big brother slash uncle. And I watch interviews yep. and get all the gems, yep. all the tidbits of advice. And I run with that. Yep. Like it's freaking Bible. Um, three. Oh, okay. I was just talking about this in the car with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Okay. Like he, he would sing circles around me, but I have to do it. I have to get on one of those big band records. You got, you got, you got Quincy Jones, that thing, man. <laughs> gotta be done. Yeah. Gotta be done. Yeah. Like Frank Quincy Jones era. And I'm did you, all Did for you it. see that, that Netflix uh, documentary with Quincy? Bro, I watched that mess twice. And I don't know, like, generally speaking, if it's like a documentary, I watch it once, on to the next thing. I watched it again. And I, it, Isn't it? It's crazy, right? His development as a person was crazy. His, mm-hmm. his musical journey and all these artists that he worked with. It's my party. Yeah. <laughs> How are you responsible for that? He's he he's yeah. The he's, brothers Johnson, and Michael, and mm-hmm, Frank. Mm-hmm. The list just goes on and on and on. And then he, I'm telling you, Quincy is the go. And the coolest thing to me, and this is no disrespect, but like I watched that one and I watched David Foster's. Which, if you haven't watched David Foster's documentary, I'm gonna go watch. Prepare it. to have your mind blown because i knew his name but i didn't know what he had worked on mm-hmm. um but he's responsible for like i want to say bill withers earth wind and fire chicago oh okay. like yeah yeah it, it's it's retarded but okay. watching the personal journey which is what was crazy man i watched david foster he didn't do so well on the family side mm-hmm. and um yeah but it was just take it or leave it that's yeah. what i'm on to say like yeah. you don't like how i treat you deal with it mm. and quincy you know was workaholic kind of neglected his family did you know had this wife over here yeah her, exactly. got this wife over here all of that but then at a certain point he was like family is way more important than anything mm-hmm. on my schedule yeah and i'm gonna make time for that and seeing him make that seeing him of all people make that decision yeah was super impactful for me because it's like I I ain't nobody and I'll still get wrapped up in stuff I'm doing and like I ain't got time to call this person. I ain't got time to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Then I mean he, suits, and like he was pushing out. He wasn't just doing albums and songs. He was doing scores, you know, movies, was, uh, TV movies, shows. TV shows, yeah. Did and like to that part when he, you know, when he collapsed. And he, you know, he ended up having, a, um, I think it was a, yeah, a stroke, right? Or uh, no, brain, brain, brain aneurysm. Yeah, yeah, brain aneurysm. And he had to go in and get, you know, um, get surgery for it. And he said he got, you know, then he got married to his wife, um, you know, and during the duration of, in between his surgeries. And like, yeah, that part, that part where that kind of snapped in his brain of like, you know, I'm going to be more about family. 
and I'm be more yeah. about, you know, my, my, you know, my, my kids and my wife and stuff like that. Like, and you know, it was really cool though, was that there was, I do admire like the, the hustle and the, the work ethic that he had to where like, he made a remark that was really cool where he said, you know, like I served, you know, I did my job when, as a family man, you know, as a dad, I did my job and I was like, I mean, yeah, like so, so to most of us, that would be like, you know, well, you know, he's neglectful, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it was still like, you know, I was like, no, I, I respect that he still had a, a drive and a vision and a purpose. And he was yeah. going off of that. And yeah, like he wasn't good at the family thing. He wasn't good at the marriage thing for a while. But he, you know, obviously he got it right, in, you know, in the end. But he still kept his focus, which was so crazy because a lot of us, we get sidetracked, you know? Yeah. So, so let me ask you um, two more. Well, um, what are you learning right now? You know, I <laughs> I'm learning a lot about mm. about um, there's there's so many things that I'm learning. Like I said, this is like one of the most reflective what's, uh, what's mind frames that I've ever seen in my thing? life. Yeah, what's the biggest thing? I have a lot of just like emotional mess that I didn't realize was there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just through spending time with God and reading the word and praying, he's been like showing me like, okay, you've come a long way. Can't mm-hmm. hand clap. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. But there's some mess over here in this, storage unit you got in your heart right right way back there and you need to move some of that stuff out and take a look at it sort through it remove the junk and it's one of the biggest things is just realizing how that affects uh my ability to function as a husband man there's a scripture in uh ephesians 5 i want to say it's like i'm probably getting this wrong but it's like verse 30 or something like that and, you know, it's, it's, Ephesians 5, for the most part, is just marriage mm-hmm. gym all the way through. And there's this part where it says, like, um, husband is to love his wife as himself. Like, no man, you know, abuses his own body but nourishes and cherishes it. And that's how you're supposed to treat your wife and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I read it before, but God was like, you're only going to be able to love your wife to the same degree and in the same manner as you love yourself. And, yeah. I started realizing a lot of stuff that I like that I say, I'm not like verbally abused for nothing, but like Mm -hmm. I'm very critical of myself. Like if you've ever worked with me in any capacity, if I mess up, I am, I am pissed. Not at anybody else, but at me. You're you're perfectionist. Yeah. That's a problem I have. Recovering perfectionist. Join the club. This is a safe space. I'm, I am. <laughs> no judge. No judge. No, 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 I got you. I got you. But yeah, so like realizing that episode, like I'm super critical of myself, but that doesn't just stop with me. Mm-hmm. So then I become very critical of my wife mm-hmm. and realizing that, oh, it's not that she has three billion issues and problems that just need to be resolved and it's her, it's her, it's her. No, you treat yourself that way. Mm-hmm. And in turn, you treat her that way because you haven't worked your stuff out and there's and there's other aspects that come into play like okay i'm impatient with myself and i'm impatient with her and, and realizing that um makes me have to look at myself a lot more intently than i would 
before and you know stay on my knees about that stuff a lot more than i was before because before i was like i mean you're, you're the problem man you're <laughs> now. i'm like mm-hmm. i mean she yeah, she has issues i but some of how i handle my issues within myself is you know leaking out into how i handle problems between us and with her so it's like okay i gotta work my stuff out first that you know mm-hmm. that that sort of analogy or parable that jesus used when he was talking about the speck in their eye versus the beam in yours. Like, yeah, yeah. you got to get your stuff straightened out first and then you'll be able to see clearly to help them. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not aware of your own feelings and your own faults, you won't approach the other person with any sort of grace and sympathy and compassion. You're going to come at them with all the judgment and heat and anger mm-hmm. in the world. Because you're like, how could you behave this way? How could you? We're like, no, you're broken and I'm a little broken too. Mm-hmm. So I understand. Let's work through this stuff together. So like that's been one of the biggest things that I've been learning on a on a spiritual tip, and then mm-hmm. like musically mixing, 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 yeah. production, 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 mixing, mixing. Like I got I got some stuff that um, I've been cooking up. 2021 is going to be great. Gonna be a lot of cool I music. Gonna, I was going to ask you about it. I was going to ask. I was like, what, what's been going on with that? So. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say. Then, but you're, then you're good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Go, okay, go, um, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say it anyway. So, um, Alto House. We put out a record in like February, March, very mm-hmm. close to the beginning of the year. Yeah. And Corona hit. I moved. Everything mm-hmm. got switched around. We weren't able to work as consistently as we have been and i i woke up at four in the morning and i sent a text in our big group text i was like what if we put out some christmas music (laughs) and obviously at four in the morning you get no response of course not people start trickling in like yeah that'd be nice Mm -hmm. and so i had a song i wrote in 2017 that i'm like revitalized and redone Mm -hmm. everything and if all goes as planned, you will be getting a Alto House Christmas track within next like month. So yeah, that's, mm. that's coming. I got some stuff of my own I'm working on and yeah, yeah it's a, a lot, a lot of fun stuff, man. Let's, I, let's do it. Let's I'm excited. It. Um, what, um, where the brief song story of rain in California, because okay. that, that definitely has some, I listened to it again before we, before we um, talked and it definitely has a lot of, a lot of heavy, like Prince feel and a lot of Thundercat feel at the beginning. Yeah. Like the intro and all that jazz. So no, nah, go ahead. Brief story. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that song is really funny because I, I, I kind of made an observation about myself today. I feel like I write better when I'm pretending I'm someone else. Like, mm, okay. if I were this that's a, person... That's a bar right there. That's a gem. That's yeah, a gem. I mean, it's weird. I, and I I don't know. Maybe it's difficult for me to, like, process my own stuff. Because mm-hmm. what I do... Generally, when I write songs that are really personal, I'm, like, sitting at the piano crying and all this stuff. Whether it's, like, <laughs> like a worship song or not, I'm just... Mm-hmm. It takes me to another place. And I guess it's easier for me to have emotional conversations if this is a fictitious story or this is someone else's story that they told me. I'm just like conveying it um, Mm -hmm. through music. 
But Rain in California is a complete, somebody asked me if it was like a real story. Like if it was me, I was like, this is completely fictitious. Mm. None of this stuff is happening to me. Mm-hmm. But I think it was at the beginning of, or like, I think it was actually the first beat I made the beginning of this year. Mm. I was at my in-law's house. Uh, I don't know why I was there, but I was there and I had my little bootleg set. had one little keyboard a little mm-hmm. cable going to my laptop and that was it. Mm. And I started just making, started with that sample thing. And I was like, that's interesting. I like it. So I just made the beat and I was like, I gotta write something to this. And I didn't have the whole thing. Like it was drums and keys and like, that was it. Mm-hmm. But I felt there was something special about it. And then one day we were driving, me and my wife were driving to Nashville. It's like probably a, couple weeks later for some reason and uh it was raining mm-hmm. and for whatever reason that was it random. the phrase rain in california popped in my head that was it yeah and i was like i like that mm-hmm. i don't know what it means mm-hmm. but it's intriguing to me and mm-hmm. so i do what i always do i just wrote it down on my phone just so i have it and then if at any point i'm like okay i need to write a song and somebody says hey let's link up and write i have some ideas here and there so I just was trying to finish that beat up another day. And I was like, what if I put that title with this beat? This beat is very emotional and somber and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, okay, so this song has to be that. And I was like, well, how do I make this thing, this title make sense? So I played the beat and just started singing whatever came to mind. Tell me the rain in California. And then just mumbled the rest of it. Mm, tell me do you ever think about me so then i start like filling in the holes filling in the holes and then i sort of created this fictional character that um you know was in a good relationship loving relationship and he goofed up cheated whatever the case may have been and or just didn't appreciate his woman Mm -hmm. and so she walks out on him and he's just driving through california evening bummed out and just like yeah. stuck at the lot of hollywood boulevard in the land of big dreams broken hearts and just like he's going through it reminiscing regretting and thinking to himself if you know if this girl is only going to call me or talk to me or interact with me as much as it rains in california i'm in a bad spot because it it does not rain in california it doesn't so if you, if you're only thinking about me as much as it rains in California, you're hardly ever thinking about me at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this character. Like, okay, if this is his situation, how does he feel? Does he feel remorse? Yes, but not really. And so like verse two kind of goes into this thing like, I know I messed up, but you said, you know, we was going to be in it forever. So what happened to that? Like, So he's got this sort of prideful thing. So yeah, I like made up a completely fictitious character and, sort of strung up this whole story that I thought framed up the chorus idea pretty well. And that that's kind of how it came about. That's dope. That's dope. Last one. Um, in a few words, well, actually, no, I ain't going to say that. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to do that. Um, but this podcast is definitely big on, um, you know, the creative and the artist's, and when you talked about your wife and you talked about, you know, your relationship and how you're learning how to 
you know, take care of yourself and work on yourself, then that will love, you know, you'll love her better. You'll love what you're doing better. You'll love yourself better. I mean, it says in Matthew says, um, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That same revelation you got is same where it's, you know, for me, where it's like, you know, if I treat myself a certain way, then everything else will, you know, will follow behind me. And I'm leading, if I'm leading all that stuff down the path, that's not, you know, going to help all of us, then it's all going to fall apart. And, you know, one thing, Miles, the great Miles Monroe, rest in peace, said, you know, um, whatever, whatever is mismanaged, I'm paraphrasing, Lisa, whatever is mismanaged, God, God retracts, God takes it away. So if you don't have, if you, if you ain't got no relationship, it's because you mismanaged it. If you don't have money, it's because you mismanaged it. If you have what, you know, all that stuff you mismanage. So, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever, you know, and that's for, that's for anything, you know, especially with us as creatives and artists, like we got to take care of ourselves, you know, definitely everything that we birth things, we create life and we bring it forth, you know? Yeah. So, and you know, last question, but who is Matt Calloway? Ah, here we go. Here we go. You knew that one was coming. Um, Matt Calloway is a naturally uh, rather reserved, um, uh, I dare I say, shy individual mm. that spends a lot of time observing and watching and you know through music he or i endeavor to say what i see mm-hmm. whether that be just for fun mm-hmm. or you know to shed light on issues that that i've observed and that i've seen around me and you know hope that people take those observations that are laced with music, laced with melody, laced with funky rhythms and all that stuff. And not only feel something, but feel moved to act. Even if that action is just, I'm going to dance in my living room, or if that action is, I'm going to call up my mom and say, I'm sorry for what it was I said three years ago, or, you know, I'm going to you know, consider having a conversation with somebody that it's of a different ethnicity or belief than me because I've, you know, mistreated people that are different or look down on people that are different from me. And whatever, whatever that looks like, I want to be able to take these observations that I have and these things that I've seen and picked up on and communicate those through music, through, you know, whatever art form I could get my hands on. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matthew is a work in progress. Yeah.